This, my friends, is Beyond the Illusion. In this episode, we discuss the divine masculine and feminine. And I have to say that this is definitely a topic that I have some uncomfortable feelings about. Because if you've been listening to this podcast from the beginning, you know that this is a topic that has continually resurfaced for me. Over the past year and a half or so, I've been getting messages or guidance from my inner self or higher self or guides and teachers, whatever it might be, that's been telling me in one way or another that embracing or balancing the feminine is an important part of my growth. So naturally, I was avoiding this topic because I knew on some level that it would require careful thought and work that might be difficult or painful. But in the end, as I've been working on that and facing it more and more, it became like a saying that Terence McKenna used to say. It's like jumping into the abyss and finding out that at the bottom, it's actually a bed of feathers. And I'm not saying that my work is done in this area, but just that it's not so scary anymore and it's been tremendously helpful. So my advice to you is to listen carefully to what Tiana has to say about this topic. It might help you more than you realize. Let's go to that conversation now. I guess I wanted to start by asking you how the meetup went. So Tiana has a meetup that she, like a spiritual meetup that you do once a month, right? Mm-hmm. And um, it's on various different topics. And uh, this last week you had a meetup about the masculine and the feminine. Mm-hmm. And so how did that go? Yeah, no, it went well. I I did have this little concern because we covered the masculine and feminine before two years ago as a topic. And what happened at that meetup was that people were getting really tripped up with the words masculine and feminine and thinking man and woman, male and female. And so I was almost even ready this time to just not use those words at all because they're really just polarities and so instead of masculine you could say yang instead of feminine you could say yin and these polarities they exist in everything in nature and so it's not about actually man or woman as a human being we we have both and so i I was reading this other book where she used because for the same reason because people get all tripped up about those words she used eros for the feminine and logos for the masculine so there's all these different ways that we different words that we could use to express these polarities but it's the same thing and so luckily we kind of cleared that out in the very beginning of the meetup and then it went fine nobody got tripped up this time oh good and so that was really helpful Oh, nice. Yeah, because I could imagine how people would get caught up on that and then focus on it and then kind of keep bringing it back, which is what you said happened last time. Yeah. So that's good. Oh, cool. Yeah, because the reality is that, you know, we are pieces of the divine. We are whole and we um, hold the potentiality for both of those polarities. Those two polarities together make up one and it doesn't matter what our biological gender is expressing only half within ourself we want to realize or actualize both of those polarities to be whole and healthy and balanced yeah i was doing a lot of thinking about this 
I was trying to figure out where my balances and imbalances are and it's pretty interesting exercise to go through, you know, to at least, you know, sit down and think, what am I expressing in my life more or less and I need to express more of? You come across a lot of personal realizations and I, I definitely do too much doing, which is a masculine aspect, mm -hmm. right? At some point, it's going to catch up to me, <laughs> you know, if it hasn't already. I need to realize that there are passive things that I can do or, or even just accept about life and myself that would probably help balance that out. What about you? Do you, have you, I'm sure you have sat down and, and thought about <laughs> where you. More than you can imagine <laughs> how many times in my life I've looked at this. Um, well, I mean, so first of all, let's talk about what are some of the feminine yin qualities and what are some of the masculine yang qualities so that people can also, as we're talking about this kind of focus within themselves and assess, yeah, that sounds like me. And, oh man, I really haven't developed that within myself yet. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Let's, let's so do that. So we could start with the masculine because honestly, that has been what's been overvalued in our society. So when you say that, oh, you've been doing too much doing, <laughs> um, yeah, you and everybody else, that's what is valued in our society. I think of just like Nike's just do it. <laughs> Everything's about do it, make it happen. We're constantly being fed that message. But yeah, so the masculine side of our brain is the left side of our brain. It's active, it's structured, it's logical, it's polarized, it's black and white, right and wrong. And then the feminine, the right side of our brain is emotional, it's intuitive, it's flowing, it's being, it's playing, it's the enthusiasm and the spark, and the masculine is the focus and the structure and the action. So, I mean, obviously we want both sides of our brain to be active, we want them both to be there, and we want to be able to embody all of these qualities and then as the situation calls for we can utilize the different aspects of ourself because different situations call for different parts of ourself and so just seeing that oh okay both the masculine and feminine are valuable is the first step because a lot of you know because like i said all of this kind of subconscious messaging that we get in society or from our family even a lot of times it devalues the feminine side and so if we don't even see that that's valuable then we're not going to embrace those qualities and then we become very lopsided and imbalanced which is that you know epidemic for human beings right now yeah and it's <clears throat> um it is culturally ingrained you know and that's the the whole focus on masculine and doing and like you said the whole you know even there's even logos and and phrases that people you know put so much emphasis on this we got to do things and even like I thought about this a lot too as I was growing up it was a common thing and I'm not I'm not trying to bash my parents or anything but it was a common thing for them to say like you were lazy if you weren't doing something you know and you know, I feel like a lot of those times I, I was doing things I was actually they were more passive things like maybe I was reading a book or something and it's not just, you know, in my family, I, I hear this all the time everywhere. Like, you know, I, I can't stand lazy people or this or that, but 
I feel like it's not acceptable to embrace these feminine qualities so much. And one of the things you mentioned was being, you know, feminine qualities being. And I think we forget that part of just being alive is kind of the point, you know, like we're here, we're, we're alive, just being. It's okay to just be here. There's, there's nothing that we really have to do, you know. And um, once I started to understand that, it, it made me feel a little better because I do like to do those kind of things. I like to meditate. I like to think about my life and where I need balance, where I need work, what, what's happening. And those are all, you know, more passive activities there. Those aren't, I'm not like out doing something like mowing the lawn or something like that. Like, cause I feel like I need to, but yeah, that just like highlights this cultural bias that we live in and how that impressed upon me throughout my whole life and how I'm still like trying to deprogram that in a way. Yeah. And so again, like both polarities have their value. And so anytime we get over polarized and we think like, oh, this is the good side and that's the bad side, then that's when things get out of whack. And so if we were just only being all the time and never doing, that wouldn't be good either. (laughs) Nothing would ever happen and we wouldn't be able to survive just the same way if we're only doing. And so the, the idea is to see both sides as important and valuable and to harmonize them because um, mostly they have this adversarial role. We don't realize that, you know, even the the battle of the sexes, the battle of <laughs> the sexes, yeah. you know. Um, but no, we need them to come into to sacred union. They need to work together for the good of the whole. You are the whole. And so your left brain and your right brain, if they are fighting each other, then you always lose because part of you wins and part of you loses. And so you always lose. And so, and you, it, people drain so much energy, these two aspects of themselves battling it out underneath it all subconsciously. Instead, if we could begin to embrace them and see they each have their own unique functions and um, things that they're good at. And so it's about applying the right thing in the right time and place, understanding what they each offer and utilizing them in that way. Yeah, absolutely. So how would one person go about finding, you know, what are there methods or techniques for finding where their, um, their balances or imbalances in this area are? I mean, I think it's just to look at what the qualities are and the easiest way is to look at what the qualities are and see if you feel strong in those qualities, you know? So in the masculine, can you focus your mind to achieve things and, Um, hold strong boundaries with people and be assertive and logical and disciplined. But again, everything is about a balance because any of those things I just said, too much and it's not good. You know, how confidence becomes arrogance and, Mm -hmm. and so and discipline can become rigidity. So all of these things, you know, in their balanced approach. And so then, and then the feminine, do you have a healthy emotional expression? Do, are you tapped into your intuition? Do you listen to your intuition? Do you play? Are you carefree? Do you enjoy yourself? Do you make time for being? Do you 
tune into your body and feel it and these kinds of things. Yeah, I, I know. It seems like, you know, when you listed off the, the feminine qualities, I was like, you know, a lot of, I relate to all of those, obviously, you know, because I, I have, you know, both qualities in, in me, like you were saying, we all do. But since I'm so focused mainly on the masculine aspects of my life, I feel like those feminine things are neglected and they seem so fun, you know, too. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> They just all sound like things, yeah, that, that I'm drawn to. And I think it's because probably there is this imbalance. <laughs> this is going to be a weird question, but do you ever run across people who you kind of see that way? Like, wow, this guy is like, or this woman is really embracing these aspects and um, they probably could use some, some, uh, some insight, some personal insight to help them through the issues that they're having by looking at their self through these eyes. Actually, a lot of the work that I do with hypnosis with clients, it comes down to this, this masculine and feminine imbalance. And people have not really looked at it from that perspective and seen how they were battling themselves. So, yeah, actually, it's interesting. I mean, I use this framework all the time and I get it because, I mean, I went through that myself. I think a lot of people do what I did, which is kind of swing from one polarity to the other. So my natural expression is more tilted towards the feminine. And when I was young, I was very expressive, very enthusiastic, which I feel I am more back in my natural self. That's who I am. But I can remember from being very sensitive is maybe people weren't even making fun of me or maybe they were, <laughs> but because um, I would get so excited about things. I can remember like adults kind of like laughing and me feeling kind of embarrassed and like, oh, I have to pull it back. I shouldn't show how excited I am, <laughs> you know, how enthusiastic yeah. I am. And, you know, kind of like, you know, and that you, I've told that story about <laughs> about um, having the temper tantrums and then, oh, yeah, you know, yeah. the, the trolls. So that really like um, this idea that it wasn't OK to have these really big, strong emotions. I went from one polarity of like over expressing that by having huge temper tantrums to totally shutting down all of my emotions and going into my mind which is what's very common is that once we've when we're kids and we don't have all of these tools for how to show up and nurture ourselves, then when we get hurt the easiest thing or the natural thing that we tend to do is just shut down and the mind is very safe in that way because um, if you just really move into your mind, it's very cold and calculating, you know, and one plus two equals three. It's everything is so concrete and clear. So it feels very stable and strong. And that's why people tend to hang out there, which again, it's good in some ways. We just have to learn how to use these right. But if you like go and you over identify with that side and you lose touch with your feminine and emotional side, you can be very cold and detached and you can be very standoffish or also you just lose that kind of spark in the flavor of life if you're just in, in your calculating mind. Yeah, that's so interesting that you're saying it that way because it's true. I never really thought about it like that, but people do retreat into their minds and it is a safe place. And so they do become like kind of like robots. I can see myself doing that a lot too. And it, it's funny that you said that we don't really have the tools to nurture ourselves. 
And I think that's really important. I think that's something that could help everybody tremendously. And I'm just thinking personally how when things do get very emotional for me, that I will like cut them off and go into my mind and start thinking about the situation in a logical manner. Instead of feeling what needs to be felt, what came up for a reason. Some things are coming up and you're feeling them for a specific reason. They don't just happen for nothing. And um, yeah, yeah, just, just feeling uh, your, your emotions could probably do um, wonders for you. Yeah, because when people then over um, resort to their, their thinking mind, their mind kind of can just get too crazy where you become um, like a perfectionist and overcritical and judging. And so we really need that other side, the one that is compassionate and and caring and empathetic. Um, so I see that a lot. Like th- that's another affliction of our culture is this perfectionism. And that comes from just being, because if you're really in your left brain, masculine side of your brain, like I said, it's very polarized. It's either good or bad. And so there's no space in between just to, to be, oh, you're doing your best that you can. And so the right brain side is the part that understands that. Like, oh, you're doing the best that you can. And no matter what, you're loved and you're always going to be enough. Um, but the left brain's either like, oh, you're, you know, you're good or you, you suck. <laughs> kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh-huh. So it gets really harsh. Uh-huh. Yeah, it does. God, this is like personal therapy session. Because right <laughs> <laughs> I feel like um, I am very self-critical and I do try to strive for that perfectionism, but it's really just overthinking, you know, mm-hmm. I should just let go and, and uh, try that out. <laughs> Yeah, and so, you know, the, that emotional side is really our inner child. And I do so much inner child work with clients. And nobody ever comes in really and says, like, I want to work on my inner child. That's not what they present. But underneath it, it keeps finding that's this the same thing. It's this masculine-feminine imbalance. It's this inability to know how to nurture themselves. So, like, when you said, if you have these emotions and then you, you switch into your mind, what you're really doing is abandoning this like you have this child that's hurting and you're like ugh i don't want to be around you you abandon them and you don't realize it the way you would never do to your daughter mm-hmm. you do to that little boy inside you it doesn't matter how old you are you're always going to have an inner child an emotional self and the inner child isn't one that just is crying and get ang- it gets angry it's also You know, think about how enthusiastic and excited and free and playful kids are. So when we're cutting off those not good feelings, we're also cutting off that aliveness that we get from that part of ourselves. Oh, wow. Yeah, that's that's a fantastic way to look at it. And it just made me remember something. Um, You know, every other week we have a meeting with the Law of One people. I had mentioned to Luis uh, that I had been meditating and then all of a sudden um I I had been going through a lot in my life where I was feeling really a lot of heaviness you know I was feeling a lot of self-criticism and you know things it was it was I was judging I was judging my decisions you know and I was questioning everything and I was just feeling like this really heaviness and so I was meditating and I was thinking about that and then you know all of a sudden I had this vision and I could see all these little kids playing, like real cute, like little ones, you know? And they just looked so cute and like they were just having so much fun. 
you know, like, just like kids do, you know, just running around and stuff. And then I heard this voice and it said, you're all just children. And then it said, just play nice. That's all you need to know. And this huge weight lifted off of me. And I was like, you know, why am I judging all my decisions? Like, we are just children here playing, <laughs> you know? And and I felt like it was okay to be me and to express myself freely. And I didn't have to judge my decisions and or anything. And uh, yeah, I felt like that was a huge breakthrough for me, but it did feel like, you know, accepting this inner child. And uh, yeah, I, I just thought I'd share that. Wow, that's beautiful. Yeah, it was, it was very helpful. So I know that these aspects can show themselves in the relationships that we have with other people. And can, so, they definitely do. <laughs> they're probably all they about that. They can't not, yeah, yeah, especially your romantic relationships, but, but all of your relationships, because these aspects of self, we either express them or we project them on each other. And so, yeah. Yeah, and so I was going to ask you about that. So you sent me an article where the woman suggested, the writer of the article, she suggested that you look up your astrological chart and where your where Mars lies for you and where Venus lies for you. And that will give you a good idea of the aspects that you seek in another partner and the aspects that you embody. Mm-hmm. And so I, I thought that was really interesting. It's like a real tangible way to go and figure this out. Yeah, just another way that um, astrology can help us to know the self. And that was the first time I'd read that anywhere um, this idea about the Mars aspect and the Venus aspect within ourself reflecting our masculine. I mean, I, I guess I knew that in some way, but not the way that they put it exactly. What is your Mars? And I'm curious now, your Mars and your Venus. Did you look it up? Yeah, I did. It was so it was kind of I was kind of disappointed because because <laughs> they were the same. Hmm. Oh, so, yes. Yeah, oh, so that was interesting. That's it. I don't know. that. That's why is that disappointing? That's pretty interesting. I, I probably is interesting, but I was disappointed because she used Aries as the example. Uh-huh. And that was what it was. And it was both of mine. And so she had listed the qualities. And so I didn't get to find anything new out. I just already knew because I had just read it. So, uh-huh. um, but it, it made sense because it was like, you're, you're the warrior, you're protector. Those are the qualities you embody. Uh-huh. And so I do feel like I, I take on that role in the relationship. And then um, the qualities that you seek are um, playfulness and spontaneity and that kind of thing, like a like a more light, fun attitude. And that's true too. Yeah, it's very true. Yeah, because each of the signs, you know, is an archetype and there's um, all sorts of different qualities in there. So you can kind of look and see and some of them might fit and some of them might not. And each of them, um, just like the masculine and feminine, each has a, a lower expression, like a, a shadow aspect or an evolved expression. And so depending, you know, you might be expressing one and then seeking the other or unconsciously seeking or attracting the shadow aspect but you're really wanting the you know evolved aspect of that archetype yeah that's what i found interesting is that they had the shadow aspects too and so if you were you know seeking out too much of something it could turn into this or turn into that and that was really fascinating what were yours oh so my venus is gemini and my Mars is Leo. And it's interesting, though, because um, 
because twice I've dated Leos <laughs> and those relationships do not work out. And to me, I was like, no, Leos are not the right um, fit for me. But again, it's maybe the expression of yeah. those qualities. But then I also I also have a lot of Leo in my whole chart. So I was like, oh, well, Leo wants to be the, the king of uh, the king of the kingdom, whatever. And so, you know, two Leos get together, two lions, and they're going to fight it out, I guess. Um, but um, but I mean, I can see some qualities about, you know, like this kind of um, generous leader type that is attractive to me. Mm-hmm. The Gemini, I don't know. Yeah, I've still like been trying to figure that out. I mean, the Gemini, it's, as far as that being my feminine, Gemini is a very mental sign. It's an air sign. I know it's ruled by Mercury, so it's communicative, but it's also the twins, so it can like flip from you know this one to that one. I guess I guess it makes sense for me. It, it likes um, it likes different things. It doesn't want just to stay thing. and do yeah i mean okay. that's not true for me romantically i've never yeah. i've always just been a one person person but i mean in general with my personality like yes i like yeah you different know, ideas yeah, and, yeah i think interests. like things to be mm-hmm. growing and changing and and so forth and so yeah i mean i didn't get like like you said like i didn't get like a big aha moment but i thought it's just another piece of information that's interesting to look at and since we were talking about shadow aspects i thought it'd be good to talk about the shadow aspects of the masculine and the feminine oh yeah absolutely because i think that's where we've been at that level in the world that we're trying to evolve out of and you see this whole masculine feminine journey that we're talking about you see it played on the world stage especially in the last couple years a lot of stuff about you know the me too movement talking about misogyny you know, sexual harassment and and these kinds of things are us as a culture, we're working that out on the world stage, but it's a reflection of, you know, what's going on within us. And so it's important that we try to own that versus just like, oh, those people over there, look what they're doing. You know, maybe we wouldn't do it to that level. But like you said, we're doing it to ourselves in a small way. If we think, remember, like the talk about the shadow, we have to think of it as a spectrum. You know, maybe I'm not going to go out and abuse somebody, but maybe I've been very critical of my own feminine self, emotional self, and that's all a spectrum. So we're, we are all working through that. Yeah, yeah, I totally agree. Yeah. So, um, so the wo- wounded feminine would be the victim would be weak, um, would be the martyr, emotional manipulator, needy, confused. And so this is why people are so afraid of their feminine, because they think that's going to make, if they, if I go into my feminine, I'm going to be vulnerable, I'm going to be weak, and therefore I'm going to stay in my mind, I'm going to try to control everything, now I feel strong. But actually, that's weak. Because anytime we have to avoid something to feel safe, is that really strong? No. If we can be the one who can feel and express our emotions, now I don't have to avoid myself or avoid others or avoid a situation. I can sit with somebody who's crying or being vulnerable in front of me and feel comfortable. That's what makes me strong, actually. So, And then the, the wounded masculine 
is kind of what when we think of the patriarchy that's you know the the bad aspect of the masculine that's been um, ruling the world so it's been dominating and controlling and rigid and critical and it's our anxious mind and it's impatient those qualities we all have them within ourselves, and so it's not about making either of those right or wrong but just catching them when they come up within ourselves and recognizing, oh, it's human that I have this, but how can I help this part grow into its highest potential? How can I create that balance? Yeah, definitely. It's, a, it's about recognizing it and accepting it within yourself. And uh, it's easier said than done in, in a lot of cases, at least for myself. But yeah, I think half of the battle is recognizing it. And, 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 then, and then accepting it because sometimes we, we have this tendency to see something, not like it, and then reject it outwardly. And then just, you know, almost force yourself to think about the opposite instead of really embracing it and just accepting your humanity. You know, we're not perfect. We're not supposed to be perfect. This place is not designed to be perfect. It's this way so that we can grow. Yeah, so developing the positive polarity helps to balance the negative of one polarity. So for instance, the feminine neediness, right? Or or weak. She feels like, oh, I can't do it. Somebody needs to do it for me. I don't know how. And so we need to learn how we can develop our own masculine self-reliance and focus and determination so what we usually do unconsciously is we look for a partner or someone to do that for us that's that whole you complete me Mm. idea that you know all these romantic um, notions are really built on codependency most of those rom-coms are all about codependency it's not healthy at all Um, we want interdependence not codependence not you know you complete me we want to be complete within ourselves with another complete person and connect and just enjoy expressing together and sharing together, but not out of need, but just out of enjoyment. Um, because then what happens is that how pe- that's how people get stuck in bad relationships because they feel like, oh, if this person's gone, then I'm not going to be able to go forward in, in whatever whatever it is that they needed that person for. The whole um, you complete me thing is it does sound romantic in a song or something, but, you know, it's actually not very healthy. That's what I liked about that article that you sent was that the woman had found herself in a bad relationship where she was feeling needy and all these she was having a tough time with all these emotions because of this bad relationship. But then once she figured out like, hey, I need to um, embrace some of these masculine aspects in my life and balance myself more in that way she was able to realize that she was whole and complete on her own. And that gave her, I think, more peace than anything, really. And realizing that, it, it is a very powerful thing to realize that you are whole and complete and perfect, just the way you are, even with your imperfections. Yeah, and so the thing is that people are like either or. So they're, they're like, either I'm needy or I'm independent and self-reliant. And so they reject their feminine and think that 
then I need to be only in my masculine. But actually, we also need interdependence. We need interconnectedness. Otherwise, you know, that whole no man is an island. We can't really just be off only on our own. That doesn't feel good after a while. And it's actually not realistic. And so it's not about choosing either or. It's about developing both. And then, you know, I think of when I travel by myself internationally and part of it's really exciting about my self-reliance is that I'm figuring everything out in this foreign place all by myself. But there's always also a big component of the trip that is dependence on others. I'm always ending up needing to ask for help from complete strangers. And I get both of those and they're both beautiful. You need to be able to, in situations, ask for help. But you also be, need to be able to, in some situations, figure it out by yourself you need both so it's not a either or it's let's develop both and then according to the situation i can express or utilize whichever of those aspects of me is most appropriate and called for in this situation yeah i'm glad you mentioned that yeah that because that's what i meant by that yeah is that you know being a whole being whole and accepting that about yourself actually does help you in your relationships with other people because yeah. then, you know, they see those qualities in you and they're attracted to that and you to that in them as well. So there's another book um, that I mentioned at the meetup, Intimate Communion by David Data. And it's really good because he talks about this balance between the masculine and the feminine or as expressed historically in our culture and you know in the olden times when we had very clear roles as the the man was the breadwinner and you know he brought all the financial stability and made all of the important choices and then the feminine she took care of the home and the emotions and 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 so forth and their roles were very separate and then when the women wanted to have more empowerment instead of really going into feminine empowerment, they went into their masculine. The problem with that was then the woman would come home from the workplace having been in her masculine and she would come into the relationship, two masculines, two masculines together is not, is not, there's no attraction. Like you can't have the two same side polarities all the time in a romantic relationship because then you become like buddies or roommates. There needs to be the, the polarization. Then, I don't know, maybe it was like in the 80s and beyond. Then both partners were kind of just neutralized, just like, oh, let's be equal. We're exactly the same. We're equals. We're exactly the same. But the truth is actually masculine and feminine are different. They're equal value, but they're different expression. And so you can't just neutralize it all because again, there's there's no polarization. And so people have been kind of stuck in this because when it was really polarized, it was polarized before in the lower aspect of the masculine and the feminine. And so when we wanted to move out of that, we went instead of into the higher masculine and the higher feminine, we went into this like neutral state where there's no polarization and so people got kind of got lost and stuck and so now we're trying to figure out how can we move into those higher expressions of each of those you know people tend to be regardless of your biological gender or your sexual preference people tend to be a little bit more yin or a little bit more yang a yang person will be attracted to a yin person and again doesn't have anything to do with our um, anatomy you don't have like two mostly yin people 
having sexual attraction and or to mostly yang people having sexual attraction so we have to we can develop both sides but we will tend to be a little bit more polarized in one or the other and that's okay too we're not all just trying to be here androgynous yeah i mean because everyone's biased to some degree or another and find more natural paths of doing things or being that are actually just more you know in tune with their who they are their nature but yeah, David Dieta, he he writes some really interesting stuff. He has some very interesting insights. I have one of his books. Um, I thought it was up Is there. Is it The Way of the Superior yeah. Man? The yes. first time I heard that title, I was so offended because I didn't know what the book was about because it sounds like The Way of the Superior Man sounds like you think that men are above women, but it's not about that at all, actually. Yeah, he has some really good writing. Yeah, that I was with you on that one, too, because the title turned me off. But since someone had you know highly recommended it, I went ahead and bought it, and I was happy I did because it's really not about the man being superior. You know, It is about how a man can embrace his manliness really and and he does have some really interesting insights about uh, about you know feminine and masculine aspects and basically wrote a whole book about it yeah what was the one what was the other one called? i believe it's called intimate communion okay yeah, yeah i have to check yeah it's out. it's helpful i think it's really useful especially in terms of your own you know romantic relationships it's helpful yeah when you came over today, you mentioned that I, I had a, uh, we went and bought a rose quartz crystal mm-hmm. and I felt like really drawn to go. I don't know why I was just thinking, um, it was Crystal's birthday the other day and I was thinking, what could I get crystal, you know? And then this vision of a rose quartz crystal popped into my mind and I was like, that would be perfect, you know, for her. So we went to Nature's Treasures, which is like a, you know, a rocks and gems store here in Austin. And uh, I just, I, I walked right up to it. It was on the, out, it was in the, out, you know, there's an outside area. And it was sitting up on this cement block. Like it was just like positioned right there. And I was like, oh yeah, that's, that's the one. I knew it. And as soon as I saw it and I brought it home and it's got this weird energy you know it does it has like this it's like it pulls me to it and i want to put my hands on it you bought it for her (laughs) right (laughs) i i really did actually buy it for her i wanted to give it to her but um i i i like it too i love it you were you mentioned earlier that when you had been doing you went through like a dark night of the soul Mm -hmm. and you took a future podcast episode (laughs) (laughs) yeah and you took a rose quartz crystal and would place it over your heart can you describe it? Yeah. Yeah. So the rose quartz uh, crystal is for the heart chakra, particularly. Um, and, you know, it has this, I think, like this very soft, nurturing vibration to it. But at the time um, when I was going through my dark night of the soul, which was a powerful sort of spiritual initiation into the darkness to find the light, I had a lot of heart chakra clearing at that time. And actually, it was more my higher heart chakra opened. And I didn't even know there was a a chakra, what's called a higher heart or um, thymus chakra, which is a couple inches above where the heart chakra is. But I started to have, after I would teach a Reiki class and do all of these attunements, it would start to throb. (laughs) And I would come home after teaching the class and it would throb. And so then I put the rose quartz on it thinking like oh this will be soft and nurturing and then i would oh, 
toilets are crying. Um, I mean, it was, but yeah, it it would actually like, it would kind of like ache because it was bringing up something that needed to come up and it would sort of ache. And so initially as that higher heart chakra was opening, I could only put that rose quartz there for a few minutes at a time before it felt like it was just too much and I would take it off. And then um, over time, as more clearing was happening, I could do that for a longer period of time. And then finally it didn't trigger me anymore. Um, but yeah, so that's part of you um, wanting to help your own inner feminine. I think and, so. Yeah. yeah. So I mean, it's even, it's kind of funny. So for your wife who sort of, she's a reflection of your own um, anima, your own inner feminine, the Jungian term, the anima, and then the woman's inner masculine would be the animus. And so you're like, oh, this would be really good for her. <laughs> and then you find like you're really drawn to it. And that's good. So, I mean, it doesn't have to be either or. It's good for her and it's also good for your own, your heart. So that's another way that we could look at these polarities as for yin and yang is that the heart is the yin and then the head or the mind is yang. And so people have this heart-mind battle that goes on a lot of times. And like I said before, we tend to flip-flop instead of bringing them together as like two team members. And so the heart is the one, the visionary. So there's this other book, it's called Dance of the Selves, Uniting the Male and Female Within by Loretta Ferrier. That's a really useful book as well. And she has a lot of exercises in there. And she talks about the heart as the, or the feminine actually as the visionary. She's the one with the inspiration you know, we want to, we don't want to, if we just, if we make all of our choices from logic and not from inspiration, vision, then it gets really empty and hard and heavy and it becomes this burden or responsibility. But if we allow the heart first to point the direction and then the head or the masculine can come in and create the plan and do the work and have the focus. And then the feminine continues to encourage the masculine and she trusts the masculine and then he stays stable and focused along the course to take the action to get the job done oh yeah i love that yeah that's that makes so much sense to me when you told me that so it's like oh yeah that's that's perfect because yeah because i feel like I've been going through a lot of uh, heart opening myself too. And I do feel like it's balancing masculine and feminine energies. And definitely the heart is, is feminine and, um, it does lead me. It it does have that quality. I don't know how to explain that, but it really does. I feel like people always say like, you know, follow your heart and stuff like that, but you really should because as I've been working on myself and my heart, I feel my heart opening more I do feel like I'm more in line with what my path is when I do that. So it's, yeah. Yeah, because if our mind just tries to control everything, then there's so much more that we're missing out on, you know, that doesn't always logically make sense. But when you start to listen to your intuition, it leads you somewhere that your logical mind can't see. It's so fixated on its narrow path and it's missing all that's outside of it that could be um, potentiality for it. It, For example, at the meetup, um, a woman came that had come when I'd first started the meetup and then she hadn't been coming lately. Um, Just, I guess, she got busy. And then she said, she just felt like she should come. 
even though the topic, this masculine feminine thing, didn't sound like interesting to her at all, or she didn't feel like that has nothing to do with me. But she listened to her intuition. She's just like, I feel like I should go. So she came. And then as we were talking, she had this kind of big breakthrough about how, you know, she had she had lost her husband when she was really young and she had to raise these kids by herself and be the man and the woman basically and and hadn't really ever looked back and realized how she had moved in so much to the masculine for many years because she had to be the father also and how you know part of her maybe got neglected along the way and so it was really powerful as we started talking about this more how this was a very important thing that she needed to know but if she just listened to her logical mind and she'd looked at the topic and said no that doesn't sound like something for me then she never would have gotten that information and that's what happens a lot with our intuition we don't know why i just feel like i should do this or go there but it doesn't necessarily logically make sense and if we don't create a space for that and even at least just try sometimes to listen to that inner feeling and just see because there was another woman um that said yes she she acknowledged that she's very much in her masculine and she likes to control everything and she kind of just didn't see what was the benefit of opening up to the feminine like what's so good about that and so i said well just make a little space just try to make some room for your intuition and see where it guides you. And if you give it some room and just try it out a bit, you might be surprised to see that it brings you a lot more that was missing that you didn't even realize. Yeah, definitely. Because it's, it is really important it, in, in many ways to follow your intuition sometimes because I was just talking to my mom today and she had eye surgery Okay, and, and what happened was the reason she had to have eye surgery is because there was a, a very minor problem and she had been kept going to her eye doctor and he wasn't really paying attention to her. He was like rushing her through and um, she felt like, you know, he wasn't doing enough. And um, But she never said anything or acted on that intuition. And so finally it got really bad and she was away from home. She was on a trip. And she's like, you know what, this is, something's not right here. And she finally listened to her intuition and went to a specialist where she was. And he's like, you have to have emergency eye surgery to save your sight because, you know, you had this minor problem and now it's major. She said that her other doctor hadn't even like visually looked at her eye. So he would have known had he just looked at it, but um, he never did. So she had a real she's having a really hard time with the recovery because it's a very um you have to lay on your side for like an entire week like and so it's it's really hard for her because she's the kind of person who likes to be up and around doing things and i told her you know this will give you a lot of time to think about why this is happening in your life you know because every every physical ailment that we have has a you know a metaphysical counterpart that maybe is trying to express itself so that you can work on it and I don't think she'd ever really thought of it that way. I was going to say, how did she respond to you saying <laughs> she, that? She took it very well. She she thought oh, she good. thought that it was true, mm-hmm. and um, and then I, I and as we talked more and more, it became very obvious that she doesn't trust her intuition. Mm-hmm. And I thought it was interesting because you know it's kind of how you see into the world. Yeah. <laughs> so her eye, it's her, your higher higher seeing, right, higher knowing, right? Uh-huh. Exactly. 
And so I mentioned that to her and she, it was like, you know, it was like a light bulb went on, <laughs> you know, she's like, you're right. She's like, I really do. And there were all these other things that she had been mentioning throughout the conversation that told me she wasn't trusting herself. Mm-hmm. She wasn't trusting her inner, her inner vision. Mm-hmm. And I mentioned that to her and she's like, oh yeah. And then she really thought about it and she got quiet for a minute, <laughs> you know? So it is important. We should listen to our intuition and, and, and in some, if it goes through the heart or however it goes through you, it is embracing that feminine aspect of yourself. Yeah. Cause again, because most people are more polarized on the masculine side of their brain um, the masculine who sees everything black and white is like, like, oh, well, if I open to that, then it's like they think it's like all or nothing. Then I'm going to have to be, you know, uh, I'm going to be this weird wishy-washy person who's not grounded. And it's like, no, you can, you know, like I said, a little bit open and just try out your intuition here and there, wherever it feels right. It's not either or. That's the thing that I think people are really needing to embrace is like, um, valuing both sides and how can I bring them both to the table um, as partners, working together, helping each other out, supporting each other, feeling really balanced and whole. And I mean, I really like flip flop because again, like I said, like when I was little, I was really in the emotional right side of my brain and then I went into the left brain and I was there all the way through college and then you know my story about I got this business job and so I was all that was all chosen by logic and then I, I flipped over because I, I had this big spiritual awakening. And then I went fully to the other way again, too, where I stopped, you know, like before all the way through college, I was like going, 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 going kind of person. Um, I had two to three jobs while I was in college, taking a full load and, you know, kept one of those jobs when I got my corporate job because I was like, well, what else am I going to do with my time? So I was very much going, going, pushing, pushing. And then I threw all of that out to go the opposite way. But then I was having a hard time, you know, folk being focused and, and having my direction. So I like threw that all out thinking like, oh, that's not me. That's society pushing me that way. And then, and then coming back and having to realize like, no, I need to still know how to be driven and focused and, and directed it's not either or. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's it's both for sure. Yeah. And then also, especially for me, who's sensitive and emotional, it helps me to, you know, if, if I feel like there, there's a balance, I mean, I want to honor my emotions and feel them and allow them. But if I feel like I'm starting to get really like drowning in my emotions or ungrounded, then I have my goals and my my projects that I enjoy, which is like the masculine that I can focus on, like, oh, well, let me put my energy in this and it stabilizes me. And so kind of utilizing both of those, or if you start to feel kind of empty and flat, then you want to go in your feminine more and go play or just be and allow those batteries to charge. But if you find that you feel lost um, and, and not focused, then you need to create a goal or find a project and and put your energy in that so you can utilize them to support each other yeah that's all very good advice yeah i mean so it applies to everybody basically Mm -hmm. you know even it will continue this it's a it's a dance you know it's just like just like your your marriage right i don't mean you in particular i mean everybody you don't just like 
uh, woo your partner and then you get married and then you don't then you forget about the relationship you're like okay it's done uh, we're, we're married for life now and so I don't need to pay attention to the relationship anymore no it's a continuous dance a flow between the two and you're going to continue throughout your life to do this dance together and that's the same with us you know even though oh I've done a lot of work on my inner feminine I've done a lot of work on my inner masculine I'm going to continue to those parts are going to continue to grow and shift and evolve and that balance will shift back and forth and they'll continue this dance and so um, it's not a one and done (laughs) yeah definitely I was actually going to say like I was kind of like that woman who came to the meetup where I was like, you know, I was on the fence about this whole topic. Mm-hmm. I was like, you know, but then I, I would, I would remember like, it probably is because I need to hear this stuff. I, I need to, to know about this. That's why I'm not feeling any, you know, any strong feelings about doing this pod. I, I even kind of was like on the other side, like kind of like, oh. I wish we could do a podcast about something else, <laughs> you know. <laughs> and I and I was well, like, let's be honest. Yeah, yeah, and I was like, you know, that that really is that thought right there is probably an indication that I really do need to to hear this and and talk about this. And I'm going to be honest with you, this is one of the more helpful episodes for me personally, just because you know it could I can see how this could really help my life. Great. Yeah. So instead of like thinking like, uh, that's that uncomfortable stuff I have to look at. Instead, it's like, oh, I want to create this love affair (laughs) between my two sides and how they can honor and appreciate each other and live happily ever after together. (laughs) (laughs) It's funny because that you say that the way you said it, because I just read a a law of one quote today where they said like, that is part of your journey is to fall in love with yourself. Mm -hmm. It's very important. Thank you for listening to this episode of Beyond the Illusion. I'd like to say thank you very much to Tiana Roser for sharing her knowledge with us and for all the work she does to keep this podcast going. If you'd like to learn more about Tiana's services, you can find her online at awakeningtransformation.com. I'd also like to say thank you very much to Casey Henson for creating the music we use on this podcast. You're an incredibly creative genius, and I just want you to know that. For more information about us or to access past episodes, please visit our website, beyondtheillusionpodcast.com, and you can find us on social media as well. If you're enjoying this podcast, please leave a rating for us on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcast from. This will help other people find us. Take care.